feels like the weight of the entire organization is on your shoulders and it's hard to know what the right first step is because it feels like you need to take a thousand steps at once. Hello, I'm Dave Gans, MGMA Senior Fellow for Industry Affairs, welcoming you to Executive Session, a monthly discussion with a healthcare leader on a critical issue of interest to medical practice executives. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Adrian Lloyd, MGMA consultant and chief executive officer and founder of Optimize Healthcare. Adrian is certified in Lean and Six Sigma and with the John Maxwell team as a trainer and leadership coach. Adrian's background includes over 20 years in healthcare leadership roles at the Mayo Clinic and at Duke Health System. Now, she's focused on coaching healthcare executives and physician leaders to drive personal and practice transformation as an MGMA consultant and executive leadership coach. Adrian, uh, can you introduce yourself and describe your background? Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited. Um, so my background, I did, um, I've been in healthcare really my entire career um, and actually grew up just with kind of a focus on the healthcare industry through a variety of kind of um, medical family personal issues and just really have been passionate about trying to optimize the experience for our patients and our staff um, and physicians so that it can be as effective as possible so that they can really do what they love, which I think everyone really got into healthcare with a true passion for trying to make things better for patients. So after graduate school, I started in fellowship at Mayo Clinic. I worked there um, in a variety of leadership roles after that with a um, variety of specialties, radiology, GI, OB-GYN, endocrinology, and then was at Duke for over seven years as the executive officer for um, Duke ophthalmology practices that had um, about 100 physicians. We actually doubled the practice from about 50 to 100 physicians while I was there. But since then, I've been working um, with MGMA as a consultant um, and have uh, both independently and with MGMA have worked with a variety of specialties and variety of practices. And um, I truly believe that most everything comes down to kind of people and process. And so getting your team on the same page and getting those processes and systems aligned in a way that they support the team and what you're you're trying to do and your organization is trying to do are so important. And I think that um, investing in the leaders of your organizations is really key because giving them the right tools can really help them do their best job. And so um, I'm excited to be here with you today to talk about that. Well, thank you, Adrian. You know, we're going to talk about executive coaching. So let's begin with an overview of the basics. What is executive coaching and how does it differ from consulting? Sure. I think consulting is most often, most of the time people bring consultants in for a kind of a targeted um, either diagnosis of what the problem is, an intervention, or perhaps they're starting to implement a new electronic health record or some large IT system or looking at building a new facility. So it's, it's usually pretty focused um, when you're bringing a consultant in. There are, of course, always exceptions and some consultants come in with an engagement of really just trying to improve the overall culture, but most of the time consulting is truly targeted um, on a specific um, focus area. And they're often not with you very long. And I think, well, I love consulting. I love figuring out problems and helping um, practice leaders make meaningful changes in a short time. I think what I really enjoy even more about coaching is that coaching really focuses on partnering with the individual first, helping them kind of reset what they're doing, recognizing either limiting beliefs or behaviors that they have that may be getting in the way of them accomplishing what they want. And that can be focusing on either their how their, their role as a leader or also how maybe interacting um, and interfering with their personal goals and achievements. And so coaching is really focusing on the individual um, first, whereas consulting is really looking most often at the organization 
the executive and leadership coaching, you can have a blend of the two where you get more into the business coaching model where you're still working with the leaders, you're helping them identify their own issues, identify opportunities and direction that they have, but also helping them look at the business and how they can optimize what the business is doing and really try to get everybody on the same page aligned and move forward to improve and grow. You're really describing the personal relationship and the personal focus of executive coaching, much more so than, as you said, being problem-oriented and looking at more of the organization, which typically is more of the consulting role. Also, you, you, know, you mentioned how executive coaching, it's really an investment by the business and its executives. Uh, can you give a little bit more information how the organization benefits from its executives improved personal and business skills that they get through executive coaching? Absolutely. I think, you know, sometimes leaders, we, we have a lot of training. Uh, many of us have done, you know, undergraduate, graduate degrees or focused training, conferences, certificates in kind of understanding what we need to do. But sometimes we need someone to help us both set our, set our goals, um, set our vision, and then um, create priorities and really make sure that we're staying accountable to ourselves and having someone else work with us on that can really be helpful. Um, and you mentioned the relationship with the coach. I think that's very important that you find a coach that works well with your style. Um, and that may mean you need somebody who's a little bit more focused and direct than you are, somebody that's going to kind of hold you to task. Um, you know, it really is important that relationship with your coach because you need somebody that's going to both support and challenge you so that you can move forward. And from a business perspective, really investing in your leaders and your executives that you think have tremendous potential to um, help your organization move forward. It's such a value add and the ROI. Um, I've been fortunate to work with several coaches um, as the coach E um, throughout the years. And I know that even though the coaching prices sometimes are not inexpensive, I, I know I've been able to generate multiple times ROI financially for my organization but also had significant personal benefits from either how I could better understand and prioritize my either family needs or my personal development goals. Um, and working with the coach to do that is really fantastic. And I think having the coach um, often as leaders, it's hard in organizations because we want to bring our teams with us to the top of the mountain. You know, we don't want to be lonely at the top, but you can't always talk to your team members and those that report to you about what your aspirations are and your goals. And even as a um, either physician owner or um, an executive administrator of a practice or organization, it may be hard for you to have that conversation with each other about your goals. And so it's nice to have a coach help talk to you about what those things are that are really important to you and what your vision is and how to move forward on those. And then perhaps help you kind of have that conversation with others on your team. But um, it's definitely worth the investment, both from a, a financial perspective. I think it also just means the world from for, to that individual so that they feel supported by their organization. I think that in any level of role is one of the most important things for people staying in their jobs is that they feel that the organization is investing in them um, and that they understand their vision. And that's what's helpful for coaches to help leaders set that vision um, and then kind of create the engagement going forward. So it's very, very beneficial in my experience. Excellent. Let's continue by discussing who can best benefit from executive coaching. Because as you said, what executive coaching does, it equips the leader with new tools and maybe some better confidence or clarity of goals. And therefore, you can, they're going to be better prepared to lead their teams 
to accomplish even more. But can you give your insights on how an administrative leader will benefit from executive coaching? And also some more about physician executives. I've known many physician executives, and I think oftentimes they've talked about one of the first things they had to learn was how to ask for help because yes. their, their entire careers have been focused on personal responsibility and being personally responsible for their patient relationships. And then as an executive, they have to be part of that team and they sometimes haven't, don't know who to ask for help. And can an executive coach do this? Absolutely. I think coaching can really benefit anyone who is ready to create meaningful change. And you don't necessarily have to have your goals all prioritized and organized before you sit down with your coach for the first time. They can help you do that. But I think you have to be in a place that you recognize that you want to be better and you know you can do better and you can achieve more, again, either personally for your team or for your organization as a whole. And so I think both physicians and administrative leaders can significantly benefit from having a coach. They're going to approach it in different ways, of course, um, as we do on the physician administrator front. Um, we're always coming from a little bit different angle, but you know, I think specifically for physician executives, many of them, you know, these courses around crucial conversation skills, how to set a strategic vision, how to create a plan, how to create engagement with your team. It, those are not things that they're taught, you know, in medical school or residency. And um, I don't even know if today those are things that are really being focused on. And Having an executive coach, again, somebody that in the privacy of that one-on-one -on -one conversation or perhaps a one-on-a-few people, kind of a, we'll talk about the um, small group coaching model, you know, in a very kind of small, safe setting, they're able to share their struggles that they're having, um, even just having a difficult conversation with someone and trying to get them on the same page. And so that, I think, is what really where a coach can help them decide the strategy and how they move forward on that. I think both of them benefit significantly from that. Whether, again, it could be a focus goal, but most often coaching is something that you really want to engage with a coach, in, in my personal opinion, recommend at least six months, most likely 12 months or beyond, so that you really start to build that relationship and they can help you move forward on not only those smaller, more achievable short-term goals, but the longer-term ones that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, maybe we should talk, uh, we've been talking generalities. Okay. Uh, let's get a little bit more into specifics on what, it, you know, what is uh, executive coaching like? How do you address goal setting? How do you address accountability and progression? But how does that relationship with a coach change these? So thanks, Dave. That's a great question. One of the things that you would want to do both actually as you're beginning to work with a coach or even when you're deciding um, and interviewing a coach, I would recommend that you go through an interview process. Most coaches um, that have been doing this for a while and work with executives and physician executives will go through a, a kind of an application process where they would ask you questions about, have you done coaching before? What's worked? What hasn't worked? What are your goals? What are the things that you're looking to accomplish in the next six to 12 months? Um, I personally like to have a coach who is going to work with you again, not only on your organizational goals, but your financial, your personal goals, you're making sure to touch on your health goals. You know, it, all of us shows up to work every day. And if we aren't addressing some of those other areas of our life while we're working to improve our leadership and improve our organizational success, then eventually something's going to catch up to us. And so I, I personally believe coaches should, even if they're hired by the organization to support the leader in focusing on the business, 
I think there also needs to be an element where they're really talking to the um, the individual, the coach is working with the individual to make sure that they're creating balance. Tony Robbins calls it the wheel of life. He actually has individuals go through a seven seven categories of their life. And really he, he talks about it in that, you know, if any one of those um, seven areas, it's kind of the, the wheel, the steering wheel of your life, if one of those areas is functioning lower than the other, then you've really got an out of balance steering wheel. And it's really hard to drive if you're really driving with a square or an octagon or, or something. And so, you know, really having somebody I think that's going to focus on more than just the business side is important, but definitely make sure that you've interviewed a coach. Um, there are some coaches that after interviewing, they may say, you know what, um, we may not be the best fit together and they may have another recommendation. Don't take that personally. Um, you want someone who's going to be the right fit um, with the right kind of background and expertise to to work with you. Um, because again, this is a longer term partnership in your success and your overall success. How often do you generally meet with your coach? Um, that can vary too. I would say that um, usually you want to meet with a coach at least every two weeks. Now, there are some coaches that you might meet with kind of once a week for shorter time frames. You can also find coaches that will do more of a almost um, you'll have a scheduled time and then you can also just kind of have retainer for extra extra sessions. But I would recommend at least every seven to 10 days that you're meeting with your coach, you're giving your coach and it, it is the responsibility of the individual that's being coached. You know, you, it's still, it's your life professionally and personally, it's your goals. The coach is there to help, you know, guide you, direct, you know, direct you, um, push you and challenge you and give you tools to make sure that you're doing things the best way that you can, but it really is on you to do the work. And I've, you know, as, as a coachee, I have been there and um, you've got to be the one. So you're going to be giving your coach updates. You know, my coach right now that I'm working with um, as a coachee, she, you know, I have my, my three big commitments every week that I go through um, and I'm supposed to give her an update on that. I send her, her a call plan before I meet with her. Um, I tell her any successes that I had for the week, which is a great thing too. I think often as leaders, we don't really have a venue to celebrate our successes. Um, it's hard to celebrate them with our team sometimes if it's a personal one, because we don't want to seem like we're bragging. So it's nice to have somebody who's going to really congratulate you on the things that you did. Um, so that we talk about the, I list those. I also talk, tell her any challenges that I've had over the last period since we've met. And then I also tell her, you know, this is what I want to focus on for our discussion today. Like, this is how coaching is going to help me the most. Um, and sometimes, as with anything, we'll go a little off script and um, she'll bring up topics that I might have talked about a few sessions ago. And she's like, hey, where are you with that? And um, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I was hoping you wouldn't mention that because I haven't gotten around to working on that, that topic, um, which usually that's my health category, if I'm being honest, that I, I you know, I think that healthcare leaders were often put that, um, unfortunately, to the side more than we should, but she's really great about keeping me accountable to myself, which is the most important thing that that's the more, most important role I think a coach can have is really supporting you, but also telling you that you make, you're making promises to yourself as you go into this coaching agreement, you're making commitments of this is what I want to achieve. This is how I, you know, I think I can do better. I can be better. I owe it to myself and my team or my family to do that. This, you need the coach to help you but you know, you're really making those commitments and that's what a coach can really do is to help support you in continuing to move forward and making that progress. Earlier, you, know, you mentioned how coaching can contribute to personal and practice transformation. We've talked quite a bit about the personal transformation. 
let's look a little bit more at the practice. I know you also teach leaders how to successfully utilize Lean and Six Sigma in their organizations. Can you give us some more insight into how improving processes and outcomes with Lean and Six Sigma fit into the coaching model? Absolutely. When I first started teaching Lean and Six Sigma and I learned it personally as a leader, I, I really was excited about it. I love the tools um, because I love that they create engagement with the team. There's some really quick wins, like doing a 5S event on a supply room or procedure room. There's some really great things that are visual. And so the team gets engaged really quickly. But what I've learned is that if you don't have the teams on the same page, um, and if you don't have the leadership, especially if you don't have the leadership, understanding why Lean and Six Sigma are important, then you really, even if you make progress in the moment, it's more than likely going to kind of backslide before you know it. So what I think is so important about leadership coaching, and that's actually why I've shifted um, my mindset of really, you've got to start with coaching the leaders, getting the leaders to establish clarity of where they are and where they want to go over the next even 12 months. I think healthcare changes so fast. I think sometimes it's unrealistic for us to do these complex three to five year strategic plans, especially with where we are right now with the pandemic. Um, so if you really can think as a leader ahead, six to, where do you want to be in six to 12 months? And then what do you, what skills do you need to get there as a leader? What skills does your team need? Why is that so important to you? Why is it important to you that your practice is able to increase your volumes by 10 or 20% from where you are today. And the answer may be, unfortunately, where we are right now, that if you don't increase your volumes by 10 to 20%, that you could be facing having to sell your practice or close your practice. And um, I think sometimes as leaders, we actually protect our staff a little too much. And you, while you don't need to share with them every detail of your practice, I think they do need to understand, again, that why the driving force of you want to be able to help as many patients as possible in order to do that, you've got to be able to keep your practice open. You've got to be able to with reduce your cost per unit of care because we know reimbursement is continuing to decrease. And you also then need to engage them to help you identify solutions that you can then work with them and prioritize to really create overall practice transformation and continue to optimize from there. You know, we fix the process in healthcare and you know we add a new provider we add a new procedure and we've always got to go back and kind of tweak the process that we just established and that's going to be forever the way it is but um, so i really think you've got to have the leadership coaching coupled with getting you know getting the clarity getting the team on the same page then you couple that with lean and six sigma um, in terms of the actual specific tools um, and that really just gives you the overall culture of innovation engagement with your group so that you can continue to sustain and optimize from there. I think that's why coaching is really important to focus on the leaders and making sure that their vision, um, that they can clarify their vision, they can articulate their vision and have that conversation with their team so that they can start to create that engagement and change. Um, and so the coach can really work one-on-one -on -one with the leader to help them frame up what those things are, um, what skills they need, help them work through that so that they can have that conversation and, and execute from there. We also discussed coaching and the opportunities executive coaching has for physician executives. Uh, and, you know, medical groups, they're really unique type of business in that their physicians can have both clinical responsibilities concurrent with their leadership roles. Yeah. Can you describe how executive coaching improves that relationship between the physician executives 
and other physicians on the staff, as well as the relationship between physician executives and administrators. So you can develop a true physician administrator team. Absolutely. And I, I love this question. And um, I, I spent most of my early career, you know, ten, over 10 years at Mayo Clinic, which was had a very strong focus on the physician administrator partnership. And I really do believe it has to be a partnership. And there's many things that we don't understand as administrators on the physician side. You know, we, we didn't go to medical school. We don't understand all the things that they may need to provide excellent clinical care for their patients. And that likewise, they have not had training. And as I mentioned earlier, some of you know, the, business, um, the business aspects, some of the, the coaching, the mentoring, the um, performance um, improvement, you know, having those crucial conversations, those training conversations with the staff to really help them improve or decide whether or not this practice is the right thing for them. And so there's a lot of things that we really need to be able to work with each other such that we can collaborate and partner. And I think executive coaching could be used for the physician or for the administrator. And potentially um, one of the things that I've seen work really well is to actually to bring them together. And I think there is a space that they both, we, we speak different languages too a lot of times. And one of my favorite lines when I'm teaching Lean and Six Sigma is I will say, you know, think like a physician, create a scientific question, get data, and then you, then you can move forward to decision and action. And I think a lot of times administrators, we kind of want the physicians to just trust us. Um, and while I would love for that to be the case, they probably feel the same about us. Often, if we can get the data, we can show them what making this change would mean and they're more understanding, you know, and so that's something that I think is helpful. One of the things that I'm planning where anyone talk about a coaching program we're working on later, but is actually almost creating like a physician administrator compact where you agree that kind of these areas of responsibility, the primary owner would be the administrator. And for these key areas, the primary owner would be the physician executive or the physician owner. And, um, and then these are the things that these decisions that kind of fall in the middle, that Venn diagram, those would be the ones that you need to come together and collaborate and discuss before any actions taken. And depending on your relationship, you hopefully you want the physician to be able to be a physician. You know, I don't want the physician owner to have to spend more of their time on the business than they do in the practice if that's not their goal. That's really what the administrator should be there for. So the coach can work the, with them on either the tactical things around prioritizing their roles and responsibilities um, and also just how to collaborate and communicate effectively. Similarly, I've worked with a variety of specialties of physicians and I do think just by nature of their training and by nature of the patients that they see and their different therapeutic inventions that they do or don't do. Um, there's definitely a different personality style um, across those physicians and even within a group. And so having a coach, um, I've had coaches work before with specific physicians um, in our group, maybe to work with them on how they're handling situations. Maybe certain situations are causing them more stress or we fear that they're at risk of burnout or perhaps they're not communicating effectively with the staffing team um, and we need them to kind of understand and find some different ways of communicating. Um, so there's lots of different ways that a coach can help um, in that regard. In terms of executive coaching, it's most often around the helping them be effective leaders, be better communicators in terms of establishing and communicating that vision. Um, and then that overall physician administrative partnership. But I think the physician administrative partnership is just so important. You're offering an eight week live executive session program 
in partnership with MGMA. Uh, the program is designed to give a step-by-step -step strategy to drive alignment and engagement across an organization. The program kicks off with its first session October 5th. Can you give our listeners some more information on that program? Thanks, Dave. The Day Zero Blueprint is really focusing on building that clarity and alignment across the entire organization and helping leaders understand how they can solve problems together. I think a lot of times, several of the roles that I've had throughout my career, I've walked into the position and been very surprised by the amount of either financial challenges, um, the team members just not on the same page, you know, inconsistent performance from a patient perspective, not necessarily so much in terms of different quality outcomes, but very different patient experiences. Some um, clinics in the same specialty had very long wait times. Other ones were working really well. Um, the staff at some locations were very happy. Others were outright miserable, um, similarly with physicians. And so when you face that challenge as, a, as an executive, I think it's extremely overwhelming. Even if you've been there before and you've been in a similar scenario before, it can feel, it feels like the weight of the entire organization is on your shoulders. And it's hard to know what the right first step is um, because it feels like you need to take a thousand steps at once. And so what I've created with the Day Zero Blueprint is really trying to help leaders clarify where they are, where they need to go, why it's so important that they get there, why it's so important, as I mentioned earlier, that they're facing extreme financial challenges, or even if they're just facing a wide, you know, very poor performance on the operational side that's starting to impact their patient perception and they're starting to lose market share, those things can, can spiral pretty fast. And so I think it's really helpful. This program will get the physician executives and um, administrative executives on the same page of where they are, where they need to go, and then help them align as physician administrative partners, um, and bring some of their key other leaders along, and then prepare them for what I've called a kind of just a day zero conversation, which is really about working with your team and communicating with your team that, you know, wherever we were before, let's take what was good and what wasn't so good, we're going to leave behind, but we're really starting fresh and we're going to start fresh together. And here's where we need to go. So you're setting that vision with your team. You're working through, you know, are there non-negotiables that we need to implement? So about how we're going to work together as a team. What I really hope with this program, we will be able to increase the the comfort level of the physician and administrative executives that they don't have to have all the answers by themselves. They really can bring their team along with them to create that culture of innovation and excellence. Um, and then the leaders, by having those team, the team members empowered and engaged to create solutions and try different solutions and um, along the way, it really allows the executive team to focus on more forward-looking um, initiatives that are longer term for the practice. And um, so that's what kind of what we'll be doing during the eight-week program. So um, we will have one session a week where we're I'm teaching um, different variety of topics as we go through that phase process of resetting where you are, reimagining where you can go, and relaunching a new and optimized organization. Um, so we'll have one session a week where we're teaching content. We'll do some small group breakouts with the, an activity each week. And then I'll also have a second session later that week that will be um, smaller groups where we'll actually deep dive into coaching um, with some very small groups. So we'll actually be working on focus problems um, related to the program and how they're working towards um, implementing those things in their practice. And so I'm really excited. Um, I think it's great. Um, a group coaching model, I've seen both individual models and group coaching models 
be very successful. I think what's I love about a small group coaching model is that you actually learn, they'll have the opportunity not only to learn from my 20 years of experience and what I've compressed into this eight week program, but also from their colleagues. It's amazing as I've worked across specialties and across a variety of practices that most of our challenges are very, very similar. And um, they just kind of have different names and faces a lot of times, but we really can learn from each other. And sometimes it's just having someone else kind of hold a mirror up to us and say, well, what if you tried it this way? Or maybe take a step back and look at it um, differently. It really can make all the difference. So I, I think that will be really exciting for um, our participants um, in the course. So I'm excited to get started. Yeah. If our listeners are interested in obtaining more information, uh, what should they do? Absolutely. So you can go to the mgma.com website and it, the actual web address is www.mgma.com slash events slash day dash zero. If you search for day zero in the, on the MGMA website as well, it will come up. And um, I've also included a link that if you're interested in learning more about the program, you think it's a good fit, but you're not sure quite 100% ready to um, click the add to cart button, you can um, set up a strategy call with me. And so we'll walk through, you know, what would the program mean to you? What would it mean if you're able to address, you know, those top one to three challenges? What could that mean in terms of incremental revenue, incremental savings for your practice? Um, and sometimes it's not a dollar figure, as we know, um, many of the chain, many of the organizations that I've worked with before, even as a leader, um, I have one example where we went in and I started the day zero conversation process and I did not know it at the time, but one of my now key leaders in the organization was two days away from giving her resignation notice. She had already taken another position in an outside of that organization. And um, if we had not gone in to act and actually start to create change and she saw that ray of hope that things were going to get better, we would have lost her and she added tremendously to the organization um, over the subsequent years that I was there. And so you never know when you're, you're at risk of losing those high-performing staff, because I, I do feel that those high-performing staff, they'll stay for a while because they want to make it better, and the high-performing providers too. But after a while, if they see that they're not making improvements and they don't understand the overall vision of the organization, they, they're going to look elsewhere because they want to feel valued and invested and feel like they're continuing to contribute. And so um, I think that is one of the things that I hear most from leaders, too, is that they're at risk of losing those high performing staff. And that can really have a tremendous impact on your practice in multiple ways. You know, there's so much more we could talk about, <laughs> but I know you're with your busy schedule, uh, your time is limited. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add to today's discussion? No, I think the last thing, Dave, for us, our listeners to know is that it's really, I, I think sometimes there's a stigma around coaching that people are assigned to coach if they're not doing well or if something's wrong. But a coach really is there, as I mentioned earlier, to be someone who's in your corner. They are invested in you. Of course, if they're working with you on behalf of your, your business and your organization, they're also helping you think about how you can make the organization the most successful. But um, if, if you have an opportunity to have a coach, I 100% say jump at it, make sure they're the right fit, but absolutely take advantage of that. And it will push you, it will challenge you, it will some days be uncomfortable, um, but it also can help you make more breakthroughs than you think are possible. And um, it really, really is a great opportunity. So whatever form you can have that in it is fantastic. 
Excellent, Adrian. Thank you so much for your time. I know our listeners will find our discussion most interesting. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.